0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: For you, to talk about uh, primarily one of the one of the big ones <clears throat> is uh, that we want to discuss tonight is um, net neutrality. Uh, the FCC is about to make a ruling tomorrow. Oh, um, really? And, uh, and as far as I know, the commissioner has asked to delay it a bit, but I think it's still going to be come out tomorrow. Uh excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, the myths there's a bunch of myths circulating around the internet I I've been guilty myself of believing some of the things that I've been reading. Come on. And um some of it, some of it is really kinda of bizarre. Um because um why is it bizarre? You oh, no, some of it's bizarre because Uh, Like, for instance, this one here. I'll see. I had it here. Mm. um, That's not the one I want. Hang on a second. On net
0: neutrality?
1: Yeah, I've got another one for that. um, Sorry, folks. My cat is clawing my my leg here. Oh, you'd be nice. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right uh, Anyway uh, Okay, I'm trying to get on here Okay, here we go Okay Three things everyone gets wrong about net neutrality And the FCC Oh, okay, okay I thought this was kind of an interesting thing Because what it is this? I, I don't know, after I read this article I was still confused <laughs> but You're Still it says, confused? Yeah, it says the time is near uh, And two days the Federal Communications Commission. This was written, uh, what is this? This was written okay. yesterday, I believe. No. Oh today. no, that's a picture. Okay. No, today. Posted today. All right. Um, posted today. Time is near. In two days, the Federal Communications Commission will vote on its uh controversial proposal to enforce net neutrality rules and regulate it as a utility. Despite being the biggest policy issue of 2014 and President Obama coming out strong in favor of it, there is lots of misinformation swirling around the FCC's proposal and how it will affect consumers. I think progress talked to the Electronics Frontier Foundation's Director of Intellectual intellectual Property, property, Corinne McShury, about what the top myths and misconceptions surrounding net neutrality debate are before the FCC's final vote on Thursday. Myth. The FCC is regulating the Internet. The FCC is not regulating the Internet. The FCC is looking to regulate broadband service, said McSherry, who said net neutrality supporters and opponents have been guilty of confusing the two. The Internet is many things, but most of the Internet is outside of the FCC's authority the uh, open Internet rules and classifying the Internet as a telecommunications service under the Title II of the Communications Act have nothing to do with the FCC regulating content, she said. They won't use Title II as an excuse to control what you watch. The FCC does have the other role, monitoring vulgar or explicit content on the radio and television, but with net neutrality, it's not regulating content in that sense. As Sherry said, they are putting in rules of the road for internet providers, ISPs, that tell them they have to treat online traffic equally. Okay. So in other words, I guess they're not regulating what you say, they're just regulating the servers. Okay. Yeah. For for providing adequate yes you know, service equal service. Earlier this month, a conservative advocacy group Protect uh Protect Internet Freedom released a video bashing the SCC's proposal treat the Internet as a utility, suggesting that it would mean more government intrusion into how people use the Internet and what services they use most. It's kind of the opposite, McSherry Sherry said. The point of net neutrality rules is so that broadband broad providers won't treat traffic differently, so it keeps people from snooping on your web traffic. That way, uh, knowing how much data someone is using and for what wouldn't be and and for what wouldn't be necessary. Hmm. Um, myth. Net neutrality means no discrimination. Net neutrality does not mean no discrimination. Sometimes we use shorthand in describing it and say no discrimination on the internet, but what we're really saying is no unfair discrimination. She said that means ISP. Uh, can, meaning major servers, can uh, service providers, Internet service providers, or ISPs. I can't say I'm going to favor this service or application over another service or application and deliver it at faster speeds because they're paying me a little extra. If those sort of deals were in place, as Sherry said, it would mean that companies could pay a fee to make sure traffic to their site would be delivered first. Before those who uh didn't or couldn't pay the fee, that would be me <laughs> you know, and a lot of people you know a lot a lot of a lot of small web do- providers can't can't do that you know can't pay a million bucks to a server like uh uh kmart can or you know Sears roebuck or yeah. something you know or or even the Huffington post or something like that you get you know or c n n or somebody who can pay big money to 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 for servers to you know uh treat them uh pamper them. Right. Okay, for example, my ISP website and Bank of America's site are really fast. But Wells Fargo every time I go to their site is slow and monkey. So I'm switching to Bank of America. But what do you what you don't know is that Bank of America made a deal with Comcast and Wells Fargo didn't pay the Piper. Aha. Like yeah. Sherry said there would still be instances where some internet services would be better quality for faster base. On the broadband packages consumers buy, such as the such as the difference between business-level service and residential-level service, uh, right. but myth, uh, apps and services that use a lot of data should pay extra for, uh, for it. That's a myth. Okay, ISPs, internet service providers, have long made the argument that services or websites. That take up a lot of internet traffic should pay for extra bandwidth they're not they're using. But McSherry said broadband providers are already being paid for their service, and they're and saying there's nothing wrong with services uh, paying for heavy bandwidth means you're blaming services such as Netflix for being a success. Oh right. Um. Okay. I think that the broadband providers like to suggest that this is really about charging companies making an unusual use of bandwidth, and they should pay for that. She said, "That what's really happening is that the providers, customers, are eager to use that service and are paying for it, and the use of their pipeline through their service contracts. Well, you don't want to have a situation where companies can't double dip. If Netflix can't afford to pay the fee. I'm not worried about Netflix, Sherry Simpson said. I'm worried about the little sites that are offering alternative movies and ones that haven't heard of that. Uh, that can't compete and without net neutrality the internet would only be full of services and sites that can afford to the fee and where the internet looks like the Google plus Facebook plus Netflix she says okay. so well, you know like I said it's not it's what she said isn't as clear as it could be but essentially I hope you know I hope that uh, you know it, it's not as clear as it should be maybe but it's uh, it'll keep the small guys like me and at most ninety nine percent of the market.
0: Well, it clears okay, up a lot uh, of. I thought it was going to be something very different. I thought it was going to be regulated. Yeah. Yeah. I so
1: I was under a lot of.
0: Mis- well, regulated
1: only in the sense of, you know, uh, of
0: equality. Lot,
1: yeah, for exactly. For that, everybody gets uh, gets the same, and it can't be uh. I, I don't really I, for some reason it still it still confuses me all mm-hmm. right but um and i and i think it confuses a lot of people still but um, um democratic FCC commissioner box that net neutrality rules republican f c c commissioner asked a wheeler to delay net neutrality vote release okay mm-hmm. so they they're trying to postpone this a little yeah. bit because i don't think they understand it what they're so doing it's people either.
0: People really don't have I'm clear about it. I don't line. think so. And I
1: and I think and uh one of the congressmen there said that uh you know that they really don't know. There's three hundred and thirty two pages of in the oh vote, my God. and they they really don't understand it fully. A
0: Democrat on the Federal
1: Communications Commission wants to narrow the scope of net neutrality rules uh that are set for a vote on Thursday. Um what do you wanna read that? Huh. Mignum, Cy, Clyburn oh, sorry. Um uh, Okay. One of the three Democrats on the FCC has asked Chairman Tom Wheeler to roll back some of the restrictions before the full commission, votes of them right. The
0: request, which Wheeler has yet to respond to puts the chairman in the awkward position of having to either roll back his proposals or defend the tough rules and convince Clyburn to back down it's ironic, spot for Wheeler, who for months was considered to be favoring RICO rules than those pushed by his fellow Democrats. Before he reversed himself about backing tougher restrictions on internet service providers, Wheeler will need the votes of both Clyburn and Democratic Commissioner Jessica Rosenworcel to pass the rules, since the two Republicans on the commission are expected to vote against anything he proposes. Byburn's changes would leave in place the central and most controversial component of Wheeler's rules, the notion that broadband Internet service should be reclassified so that it can be treated as a telecommunications service under Title II of the Communications Act, similar to utilities like phone lines. Proponents of net neutrality have said that the move is the surest way to prevent Internet service providers from interfering with people's access to the web. However, she wants to eliminate a new legal category of broadband subscriber access services, which was created as an additional point of legal authority for the FCC to monitor the ways that companies hand off traffic on the back end of the Internet. Those deals, known as interconnection arrangements, Become a point of became a point of contention last year, when Netflix accused Comcast and other companies of erecting internet tolls before easily passing web traffic from one network to another. The initial plan sought by Wheeler would allow the FCC to investigate and take action against deals that are not just and reasonable, according to a fact sheet released. Um, by the FCC earlier this month. Eliminating the new legal category would make it trickier for the FCC to police these arrangements, said the FCC officials, who were granted immunity in order to speak freely about the ongoing negotiations. Yeah, they were granted anonymity. What did I say? They <laughs> say something different. Sorry. Yes, that's
1: okay. They were, al- um, in other words, they were immunity. able to. Immunity. <laughs> that immunity, which is kind of the same, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
0: In other words, they can stay yeah. anonymous.
1: So, Some
0: FCC officials have previously said that the broader act of reclassifying broadband internet service would, in, would in and of itself, give the its commission enough powers to oversee interconnection deals. That opinion has been backed up by the lawyers at Google among others, who made the argument to the FCC officials last week. Clyburn's changes would also replace a new standard for internet service providers, uh, which means to act as a catch-all rule for any future behavior that might abuse consumers. That standard would be swapped out with potentially narrow language from the 2010 rules that prevented unreasonable discrimination. A federal court tossed out those 2010 rules last year, setting the stage for the FCC to write new rules. The full text of the new of the rules will not be revealed to the public until the FCC vote on Thursday morning. Yes,
1: go ahead. declined to discuss uh, specific changes she was supposed be supporting on Tuesday. This is kinda of weird because they're not telling you I mean Just yeah they can't that stop uh, they're not review it and then they're gonna rule on it before it's even looked at by the by Congress. Um yeah let's see, yeah. Full text of the rules will not be revealed. <laughs> okay. This is this uh is a process that is an interaction with all five members of the commission and their offices, she said after remarks, uh at a policy forum hosted by Comptele Trade Group. I will just uh, see. I I will just say that I am attempting to strike a balance, in whatever you hear, whether it's accurate or not, is a reflection of my enthusiastic willingness to do so. In a speech at the Federal Communications Bar Association last week, the commissioner said that she was pleased with the initial draft, but also hinted that she might need some fixes to strike that balance between strong protections for consumers and clarity for investors. Some have expressed concerns about allowing private rights of actions in court, failing to consider the impact on smaller Internet service providers, uh, that um, including interconnection goes so far or that the case-by-case approach uh, does not go far enough and that the new conduct rule uh, may not be as strong as the previous unreasonable discrimination rule, she said. The request changes come, come as FCC lawyers are spending hours poring over the text of the rules. In keeping with FCC procedural rules, the four other commissioners outside of Wheeler's office got their first look at the rules just two and a half weeks ago. Now they are scrambling to make edits ahead of the vote on Thursday morning. Huh? So see, this is the this is the interesting thing here, you know, that's that's going on. And I got one other one other thing on this that I I thought I might want to bring up. Okay, and uh, I'm find it it's a video. Do you think we should go through that? Well,
0: if you think it's a good one.
1: Well, what do you need to know about FCC's new net neutrality proposal? All right. Well,
0: let's play
1: that uh, it, It's a little longer than that, but I, I'll, I'll I can uh, cut it off. It's, uh After a year of fighting, the FCC finally announced that it would implement strong new rules to protect the openness of the internet. We
0: mm-hmm. sat
1: down to chat about today's uh, this, this thing. All right. What I what this thing is. Um, this thing's about eleven minutes long, but it's a conversation between two guys. Okay, uh-huh. uh, two guys discussing
0: discussing,
1: the discussing yeah, and there it's called the uh, the verge, is the name of the operation. But uh, you know, <coughs> uh, it's uh, it, it it it's taught, they talk. They talked specifically about it. Okay, and 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 there's some some interest. They come up with some interesting. But these are two expert guys that are involved within that. Mm-hmm. You know on a daily basis, they were very, uh, involved, and, geez, Karim, then I had, I got a yeah. Google ad for a toilet paper, eh, yeah. they won't let you skip it, okay, they, they're playing it again,
0: Oh,
1: yeah, it's, 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 it's well, they have like all kinds of ads, huh? Yeah, it's a dead Yeah, I, I can't get it, uh, it. I had it yesterday, but I, I, couldn't, I can't get it to play now. So. Well, you have to watch the
0: ads, I guess. No, no,
1: but I mean, it's, it's one ad, but it just keeps playing and playing. And you that can't was get to the, the new the, one. No, it wasn't. It was the same one about toilet paper. Oh. You know? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. So, anyway. Let it, let it, that, that's pretty much enough, yeah. I think we pretty much said it all. Uh, that wasn't interesting. Uh, too bad I couldn't get it, but I actually posted that on my website. Huh. Um, but, uh, okay. Uh, uh, well, there was another thing I wanted to talk about before we go to the health and stuff. Um, some big things that happened. Uh oddly enough, California, which mm-hmm. is a very liberal state, has over 500 laws to oppress the homeless. Imagine that? Wow. Yeah. I was really shocked to hear, to, to hear that. that. That's surprising enough. Surprised Surprising. Wow, yeah. Uh, cities in the United States have a long history of criminalizing the public presence of people they consider undesirable. In the late 1800s, uh, southern cities established the sundown town, a law that uh, restricted black people from being outside after sunset. Throughout the 19th century, cities ratified ugly laws banning people who were diseased or deformed from being outside. Do you, do you know that? Okay. And during the Great Depression, California cities passed an anti-Oki law, making it uh, illegal to assist poor people entering the state.
0: Okay. Well, you know there was
1: some rules passed that you couldn't give out food to the homeless there were now yeah that's yeah, a recently. That's, that's, in Florida. I mean, that's that's that's, that's just North Carolina costly. right North Carolina and Florida mm-hmm. All right? but today society's targets is the homeless people beginning in the eighteen in the nineteen eighties when the federal government slashed the the affordable housing budget, cities have enacted thousands of laws to criminalize basic human needs such as resting, sweeping, standing, and sitting as well as acts like the panhandling and food sharing. Amazing. Yeah, I, it no, seems it's
0: seems cruel. cruel.
1: It is. And, um, yeah. uh, let's see. Uh, Which liberal state uh, has the uh, Florida, uh, well, uh, uh, California. That's why the Western Regional Advocacy Project, a network of homeless advocacy groups in the West Coast, is pushing to pass the Right to Rest Act in Oregon, Colorado, and California this year. The act, the first of its kind, would protect all residents' right to rest, allowing people to occupy and use public spaces without fear of discrimination. The legalization was written based, uh, the legislation was written based off interviews with more than 1,400 homeless people. Yeah. It would also serve as a model legislation that would be enacted in every state across the nation. Hmm. Well, you want to read Yeah. Uh, While
0: representatives in Oregon and Colorado are sponsoring the bill, no one has yet been willing to sponsor the bill in California. February 27th is the last day for the bill to be introduced into the legislature for this session. Meaning, if no one puts their name on it, the act is out for this year. The final push to get the Right to Rest Act introduced in California comes on the heels of a new research report revealing the extent of the criminalization of homelessness. Paul Bowden, Executive Director of RAP, said, the, said, the fact that we have the most in-depth research by far in California and we're having the hardest time by far getting sponsor for the bill is really a sad statement about the politics of business and gentrification in this state. New findings on the criminalization of the homeless in California. New research prepared by RAP by the Policy Advocacy Clinic at the University of California, Berkeley School of Law details the impact criminalization has had on the homeless population in California, home to one in every five homeless people in the U.S. Researchers looked at a sample of 58 California cities and found 500 anti-homeless laws on the books, an average of nine laws per city. Each city has at least one code restricting daytime activities like resting, standing, and sitting. 57 head codes restricting nighttime activities like sleeping, camping, and lodging. 53 had codes restricting baking and panhandling. 12 had codes restricting food sharing. And some of these laws either overlap or criminalize the same act, but in a different location. You can word these laws in different ways, said said Marina Fisher, a policy graduate student from the University of California Berkeley and a researcher for the report. You'll have a city that has three different laws about begging, one is you can't beg in public, one is you can't beg near freeways, and you can't beg in parks, park, and then you can't be sitting on the sidewalk during these hours. And then another is, if we catch you doing this twice in a row, it's a bigger figure of penalties. There are a lot of variations. In addition to using anti-homeless municipal or state laws, cities also use other laws to criminalize homeless people. In San Diego, for instance, police have used a law intended to eliminate the safety hazards around dumpsters to target the homeless population. These are laws that technically apply to everyone, but anecdotally, people who appear to be homeless based on looks and demeanor are more likely to be targeted by police. Yeah,
1: and one San Diego police officer I think even acknowledged, even acknowledged that after state-level laws got blocked by a lawsuit, they looked through local laws and thought this one would be pretty applicable. With these laws on the book, um, homeless people are harnessed by police, harassed rather, by police, given citations, spend time in jail, and could end up with criminal records which further hinder them from finding housing or employment. In the report, a San Diego Police Department veteran told researchers that cops arrest homeless people if they presume that they could be repeat offenders. Uh, Fisher said the research team wasn't able to get a larger picture of the impact of criminalization um, because cities don't adequately track enforcement of these laws, and police also don't document the housing status of those jails. But sending homeless people to jail is the inevitable consequence of these laws. A homeless man in San Francisco spent 30 days locked up for sitting on a milk crate and faced up to two years in prison, and things, got, and things could get worse. For homeless people who are mentally ill, police encounter the enforced, to enforce these laws could be fatal. Last spring in New Mexico, Albuquerque police officers shot and killed James Boyd, a homeless man who suffered from paranoid schizophrenia. And despite these severe consequences, there is no shortage of anti-homeless legislation being passed. And according to the report, these laws first emerged in the 80s as federal cuts to affordable housing draw people into the streets, and cities were left with limited legal recourse due to a Supreme Court ruling a decade earlier that struck down a municipal vagrancy law. And ever since, there, uh, never since there's since there been a dramatic increase with a majority of these laws, 59%, enacted since 1990, uh, since 2010 alone, 55 new anti-homeless laws have been enacted in these cities. And if the trend continues, researchers predict that California will enact 110 new anti-homeless laws by the end of the decade. Huh. (laughs) I think... I think
0: it sounds rather
1: cruel. It is. They're saying that they're putting these guys in jail for, for, for doing nothing, all right? And then, of course, they get that on their record and they can't get jobs, they can't get housing, they can't get anything. So it's just, you know, you horrible know, cycle I'd, I'd, downward. I'd, yeah, you know, and it's like it's horrible. And cities create a race to the bottom. While California certainly faces a crisis, criminalization of the homeless has reached disastrous levels across the nation. Some law schools are working to forge co- uh, co- coordination across schools to inspect homeless rights issues on a statewide level. Law students at Seattle University School of Law are hung are have begun similar research to Berkeley. Uh, and are finding similar results. Uh, we do have some very hard data showing that there is very much a consistency in terms of prevalence of these laws. Hmm. And uh, that's our Rankin, associate professor at Seattle University of the School of Law, who is working with students on the research. Uh, this shouldn't come as a surprise.
0: Um report found between 1979 and 1983 federally funded a house Portable housing was cut by approximately $50 billion, an amount that's never been restored. With homelessness on the rise ever since, cities have reported resorted to criminalization to appease residents and businesses and to give the appearance of having solved the crisis. I grew up in San Diego where there's a huge homeless population, Fisher says. People would complain all the time to the police and <coughs> government I went downtown there, and there was a bunch of homeless people. So I think cities feel a lot of pressure to do something. It seems easier to say that you're doing something by passing a law than investing in millions of dollars in housing or counseling or a retraining programs for your police force to work differently. It's short-sighted, and I think one of their hopes has been that if they're more restrictive than their neighbors, maybe they'll push the homeless out of their city into neighboring cities. Which, at a state level, doesn't do anything. It's
1: counterproductive. But at a city level, it encourages a kind of race to the bottom. Sounds like
0: discrimination.
1: Yeah, it is, sure. And Bowden said city officials sometimes don't even try to conceal their efforts. He said mayors have gone to other cities to praise the effectiveness of criminalization. When we were having the hearings on site lie in San Francisco, they... uh, Brought up the mayor from Santa Cruz to talk about how great it worked there because it removed homeless people from the downtown area. well it says, so they're not even hiding that this is about getting rid of poor people. This isn't about any other issue except removing people that they don't like from local communities and a push for and a, and a push to put people off profit and politics over profit and politics sorry. Sure. this is why rap WRAP is pushing for uh, statewide legislation to squash the race to the bottom among cities in Oregon. Uh, Chip Shields of the state senate is the first to sponsor the Right to Rest Act stating people who are homeless not only struggle with life on the streets they struggle with the indignity of being treated like criminals because they have nowhere to eat sit or sleep. This bill is about making sure everyone is treated humanely under the law.
0: Joe Salazar, the Colorado House of Representatives, was next to sponsor the act. In both states, several state representatives have added their names to the bill. No California representative has yet offered to serve as a sponsor. Yeah. It is really disappointing. Shock, a disappointing shock no one has sponsored the bill in California. In fact, you have several sponsors in Oregon and several sponsors in California. We have actually anticipated, Colorado. Colorado, we have actually anticipated those being a little harder because we have a lot more members in California. We came out of California. We have a Democratic control assembly and Senate and a Democratic governor. What we're trying to say to these politicians, if, ought, if not you, who? Ooh.
1: I guess yeah. nobody, huh? Yeah. And, um, okay. you know, it's really fruity, fruity. It kind of goes on yeah, saying a lot true. about the same, a lot yeah, of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, and it's pretty much the same thing, but, you know, it's uh, at some point, somebody has to stand up and say, this ain't right. Paul Bowden said. Some groups had to finally say, we're going to fight Jim Crow. Some groups had to finally say, we're going to fight ugly laws, and we're going to fight Japanese Exclusion Acts. Right now, today, we need to be that group. And, uh, yes, right. It, it is really, really sad. I you mean know, I mean for the anybody can be homeless. yeah, uh, and, you know, and you know, for them and now today there's more homeless than ever. And California is one in five one in five of the nation's homeless wow. in California. I mean that that's damn, damn right. you know frightening. I think we're gonna go to World Music Break. What do you think? Okay. Yep. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Uh-huh. and they're trying to release that and it's the part that talks about the Bush family's connection
1: to the Saudis. That's Yeah, that's an interesting part because the Saudis were the ones that financed the... the yeah, they've been financing
0: all the terror eight, and of eight, course eight,
1: yeah. the and Saudis they are,
0: are the Bush family they're intimately involved yeah. with yeah. them mm-hmm. and I think it would be horrible if Jeb Bush became president. Oh yeah,
1: we'd be but setting up You up know, for another, I can't say that care. Hillary Clinton
0: is any better because... She's taking uh, millions handed over to Mr. and Mrs. Crook, as they say, foundation by Arab fascist regime. Amazing, huh?
1: That's, yep. what it, that's money given to the Clinton campaign.
0: Yeah, they're getting money from outside the United States to fund her campaign. Oh, uh, she's a,
1: she's a dirtbag.
0: Oh, so horrible. Is, so, is so is he. So is, you know. And
1: so is Jeb Bush.
0: That's you know, what I'm saying.
1: And, and so is. Chris Christie, and so is every, all of these guys. There's not one decent stand up person now. No. Nope. You know, who's running for any, any nope. kind of office, and it, it's pretty getting pretty sick. Pretty damn sick. Oh, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. So,
0: those are uh, two I, very good articles
1: that uh, people should read. Excuse <laughs> we can get that on the David Icke site, com.
0: Oh and here's uh, one Shark video, the US caught lying about vaccine dangers. I don't know
1: whether you're interested in that. They just outright lie about it. Yeah, it's true. And I I've got uh that's the uh I've got this one too, which I wanted to read tonight because it really scary it. Who needs the facts? Associated Press caught in another bizarre denial of mercury and vaccine. Kind yeah, of yeah. Yeah. Is that a video? This is a video. So yeah, it you can play it. Uh, Journals of Epidemiology, yeah. a Journal of Inorganic Prescription Drugs. That's a long video. Oh, it's, it's that's, maybe. That's yeah,
0: 20, 20 yeah, it's
1: 20, 22 minutes. It's not that good either because it's. Uh, Part of it was good it was pretty long but, but it
0: was an in, it was an interview um,
1: with um, yeah if you could if you could find the interview be one thing but uh, with the person but the, it's that it was I I saw it, it was a long uh, It's kind of drawn out it was 22
0: minutes to, um, yeah the interview was quite good and then. Alex
1: Jones show. yeah but you can go to you can get it from the Alex Jones show but mm-hmm. well, I thought this was um, the Associated Press was caught in another bizarre denial uh, what was that? Uh, from the Mer- Mercury oh, vaccine. Oh, yeah. It seems that even Associated Press writers have been so utterly propagandized by the corrupt vaccine industry that they can't tell truth from lies anymore. An AP story authorized by Gossia and published uh, yesterday on Gazoo uh-huh. News repeats an oft-repeated uh, vaccine industry lie claiming that mercury has been phased out of all vaccines. Well, the CDC has phased out of mercury containing preservative in vaccines as a precautionary measure, claims the Associated Press story. Unfortunately, that's simply not true. The claim is utterly false, even according to the CDC itself. The mm-hmm. Natural news has extensively documented in articles like this one. Even the CDC openly admits mercury is still used in vaccines. In fact, the CDC vaccine additives page found here um, uh, repeats this admission that mercury is still used in vaccines. Can't imagine. That. And furthermore, I have independently tested a flu vaccine in the Natural News Forensic Food Lab using uh, insta- uh, certain instruments that are sensitive to parts per billion across all heavy metals. In these tests I found an astonishing fifty one parts per million of mercury in a flu vaccine. That's over twenty five thousand times the EPA maximum allowed concentration of mercury in drinking water. Okay, and you're and you're putting this in your veins, okay? And oh, I and the same tests also found four parts per bil- per million of aluminum in the same shot. Aluminum all right? Hmm. I mean, these are, Is there
0: anything bad they don't
1: put in there? No. Aluminum causes all kinds of problems, causes Alzheimer's, causes, uh, you know, uh, immunodeficiency, diseases, and, and, and mercury just kills you. Right? Uh-huh. I, I don't know what the hell they're doing here. Okay? To my knowledge, I am the only journalist in America who runs a private IC, ICP MS laboratory. You would think that if the AP was really interested in whether their mercury in vaccines, They would hire a laboratory to run the test and find out what the science really says. Heck, I'd run the test for them for free. But as we've all come to find in recent weeks, when I come to report on vaccines, the mainstream media believes fact-checking is never required. After all, if anybody actually checked the facts on vaccines, they would find the facts diverging quite radically from the science-pimping propaganda that falsely claims all vaccines are safe and effective. When it comes to reporting on vaccines, the entire mainstream media knowingly lies because it dare not report the truth about vaccine dangers. Is well, the power of those
0: pharmaceutical yeah, companies.
1: Yeah. That, that's, that's 90% of their advertising.
0: Yeah, when well, you turn it on in the you morning,
1: got it, yeah. and it goes I, I, on and on and on. news, too. Uh, you know, it's like the mainstream media is just continually inundated with, with pharmaceutical ads. Okay? I
0: can imagine what they pay for that.
1: Yeah. It is essentially, it is especially fascinating to note that vaccine propaganda has reached such a fanatical fervor across America that even Associated Press writers are now blindly repeating the vaccine industry's most persistent lies. What we are dealing with here, friends, is a national nationwide epidemic of mercury denialism combined with a total abandonment of all the children who have been severely damaged by vaccines. And in this article, there's some really horrendous pictures. Of yeah, they don't of want to.
0: They don't want to pay people for the damage that they've
1: caused. Horrendous pictures of of vaccination of, 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 of problems that they've had with with children. I'm um, sure
0: they could make a vaccine that would be safe, but they don't want to bother.
1: Costs them too much money. Yeah, it says the delusional status of media writers has now become a serious integrity crisis for the entire mainstream media an institution that's losing more credibility with every single dishonest vaccine story they publish. Much of what you read about vaccines now in the mainstream media is nothing more than lying media sources quoting each other's fabricated lies in a ridiculous circle of self-delusional non-logic. When even the AP can't get its story straight about the ingredients being a vaccine, you know there's a huge credibility problem in the, in the media. It's no conscious coincidence that this same AP story also quotes government officials saying GMO and pesticides are safe too. Oh, and sure. they throw throwing everything at there. Yeah, that sure hour. they are. Because that's the fabricated narrative being shoved down everybody's throats these days under the fanatical banner of science. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Vaccine skeptics are the real science. Oh. Okay. And they're, they're just showing entire mainstream media is a total denial of medical reality. Yeah.
0: Beyond
1: su- they don't even think that far. No. Beyond suffering from mercury denialism, the entire mainstream media is also deeply invested in the willful denial that there are a growing number of children who are damaged by the toxic heavy metals and chemical uh, chemicals uh, intentionally added to vaccines. Those. Additives include, according to the CDC, all the following neurotoxic substances: mercury, aluminum, MSG, and formaldehyde. Yes. The big lie about these additives is that they are present in such small amounts that they can't possibly damage anyone. If that is, if that's true, then how do you explain all of these photos of vaccine-damaged children? Many of them published directly on the CDC's own website. Look at this: two-year-old boy. Devastated by smallpox vaccine. Oh my God.
0: Look
1: at, All right. look at this one. Severe adverse reaction to hepatitis vaccination. Oh my God. Oh my God. He bloated. Oh, horrible. Horrifying reaction to BBCG vaccine. I uh, heard of look it. Look at this. Uh, severe skin reaction following vaccination. Oh,
0: oh my, my God. God. I can't
1: even look at these things. Look at uh, Facial contortions and distortions followed. DPT vaccine. Yeah. And Then uh victim of vaccine that neurological damage by the DP, DPT. I don't know what that is. Diphtheria, and tetanus. And then a small vaccine vaccine reaction that nearly destroyed this person's arm and, and shoulder. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. And this poor girl got, got that, She's neurologically damaged. Uh, look at this poor guy. Extreme tissue damage uh, caused by vaccine. Uh, Extreme uh, HPV vaccine turned this normal healthy girl into a brain damaged vaccine. Look at this. Uh, Mm -hmm. These photos are only a small portion of all those showing vaccine damaged children. CDC officials, media, newscasters, and U.S. lawmakers claim all these photos do not exist that these children were never harmed and that vaccines cannot cause such damage at all. They are liars. Worse than liars, they are medical mutilators of innocent children who continue to be severely damaged by toxic vaccines every single day all around the world. Oh, that's the same Yeah,
0: that's the same video. That woman being interviewed
1: who is a member of this Elizabeth Warren is down there, too. She's
0: the one asking the question.
1: Yeah, and the other one is lying.
0: Yeah, and sitting beside Elizabeth Warren in the video that I saw was Chris Murphy.
1: Yeah, our, our illustrious uh, lunatic. Um, yeah, uh, I uh, guess so. A piece of work he is. Uh, that was very... He's accurate. from Connecticut. And one from mass Connecticut. Ah, uh, I don't know. Here's the good news. What's that? Blood orange compound stops one hundred percent of lung cancer growth in in vitro. Uh blood orange blood oranges, okay, get their unique red color thankful to powerful antioxidant called C three G. Mm. Okay. Cyan- cyanidin three. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse oh, me, I'm sorry. Oh. Which is found in normal oranges. it's also found in blackberries, strawberries, blackcurrants and cranberries. Oh, you know, like cranberries. Yeah, I do. Yeah, and strawberries. And
0: yeah, the, I eat a lot of those.
1: Researchers have found, discovered three, C3G to be powerfully active against lung cancer cells, completely halting their growth in, in the future.
0: Now, what is C3G?
1: c uh, 3 C3G is cyan, cyanidin 3-glucoside, Gluc- glucoside, which
0: is not found in normal oranges, but is, it's not normal oranges,
1: huh? No, it's in the blood red one. It's in the blood red ones. That's interesting. Yeah, but uh, it says uh, cranberries, blackberries, and... Blood oranges have it. Yeah, yeah. black currants. Mm. Okay. So anything with that dark... With that with darkish dark, color. Dark yeah. uh, red color.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. A uh, fruit. And to be powerfully active against lung cancer, completely halting their growth to be powerfully active like growth in... In vitro and when fed to mice with lung cancer, reduced lung tumors by 50 percent mm. and suppressed metastasis by over 70 percent. But the health benefits of blood orange don't stop there. It, re- it a recent clinical trial on adults at high risk for heart disease showed that drinking two cups of blood red orange juice daily uh, for one week provided major health benefits, huh. significantly improving arterial Elasticity and decreasing import, important inflammation markers. Therefore, thereby, theoretically reducing their risk of heart disease.
0: So nutrition, good nutrition yeah. is the basis of good health.
1: Well, that and, and eating this, this stuff, okay, which is means extremely good.
0: which means a variety of very good foods.
1: A further clinical trial is being run now to, um, to test blood red orange, blood orange juice for improving cholesterol, blood sugar, and insulin. In addition, two fascinating studies on mice have shown that this superfruit suppresses weight gain and prevents fat accumulation in the liver, huh. suggesting that blood oranges may even help with weight loss. And alkaline diet fans take note. Uh, blood oranges are particularly rich in potassium, delivering 150% of the alkalizing powder power of lemons. Wow. Hmm. Well, we got to look for these blood
0: red oranges. Yes. I
1: haven't seen these things. Have you? No. Not or many. maybe I didn't. I, I, I didn't really know what I, I was looking yeah, at. I possibly. That. I don't know. I haven't seen them, though. I haven't really, I haven't seen these red oranges in the supermarket. I'm sure they're there somewhere, but not, so I'm going to definitely start looking for them.
0: Here's an interesting thing I'm going to read.
1: Sure.
0: Um, MIT states that half of all children may be autistic by 2025 due to Monsanto. A senior scientist at MIT has declared that we are facing an epidemic of autism that may result in one-half of all children being affected by autism in 10 years. Dr. Stephanie Sinek, who made these remarks during a panel presentation in Groton Mass last week, specifically cites the Monsanto herbicide Roundup as a culprit for the escalating incidence of autism and other neurological disorders. Roundup, which was introduced in the seventies, contains the chemical glycophosphate, which is the focal point of CINAHS concern. Roundup was originally restricted to use on weeds. Glyphosphate kills plants kills plants. However, Roundup is now in regular use with crops with the coming of GMOs plants such as soy and corn were bioengineered to tolerate glyphosate and its use dramatically increased from 2001 to 2007. Glyphosate use doubled, reaching 180 to 185 million pounds in the US alone in 2007.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's by 2025, half the kids in the country will be autistic.
0: That's what she's
1: predicting. It wouldn't surprise me that that's what they're planning. Yeah. A bunch of dumbed-down, dumbed-down
0: unbelievable,
1: dumbed-down
0: things. That's
1: kind of a By 2025. Wow. Scary, scary. Lots of GMOs. Oh, I wanted to read this because i this, this case came up today. Uh, here, here. Uh, here. New study: marijuana is 114 times less deadly than alcohol. Well, I
0: believe so. that. Alcohol is such a debilitating
1: substance. Mm-hmm. You know, when people abuse yeah. it, especially. Yeah. Let me let me just uh, read this because I think I think this is kind of an interesting thing. Now. But, but I I'm want thinking.
0: I want to say that. Marijuana should be used by adults,
1: not by kids. Well, they they approved it in Alaska, and and what's 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 nice about the approval in Alaska is you can grow it, right?
0: I like that because you you can can, use it for medicinal purposes when you grow it, and that should be right. You're right.
1: And you don't have to pay exorbitant amounts Mm -hmm. of money for it. You don't have to run it illegally. I mean, you can grow this stuff in your home. Yeah,
0: and you could make it into uh, an oil for your. For topical use,
1: you could smoke it if you need to or whatever it is you need to do with it. It's an herb. Yeah, and I'll just read this briefly because we have going to few a Compared with other recreational drugs, including alcohol, marijuana may be even safer than previously thought, and researchers may be systematically underestimating risk associated with alcohol use. Those are the top-line findings of research a recent research published in the journal Scientific Report, a subsidiary of Nature. Researchers sought to uh, quantify the risk of death associated with the use of a variety of commonly used substances. They found that at the level of individual use, alcohol was the deadliest substance, followed by heroin and cocaine. Wow. Yeah. So, and all of the way at the bottom of the list, weed, roughly 114 times less deadly than booze, according to the authors, who ran calculations that compared lethal doses of a given substance with the amount that a typical person uses. And marijuana is also the only drug study that posed a low mortality risk to its users. Mm -hmm. These findings reinforce drug safety rankings developed 10 years ago under a slightly different methodology. So in that rank, the study is more of a reaffirmation of previous findings than anything else. But given the current national and international debate over the legal status of marijuana Mm -hmm. and the risks associated with use, the study arrives at a good time.
0: It is important to note here that safer than alcohol doesn't mean safe, full stop. Indeed, one of the most troubling lines of thought I see in some quarters of the marijuana legalization movement as if because marijuana is natural or because it can be used as a non-FDA-approved medicine is therefore safe. But of course, rattlesnake venom is natural too, and nobody would call that safe. And prescription painkillers are medicinal and responsible for tens of thousands of deaths each year. There are numbers there... There are a number of risks associated with marijuana. Most of these risks involve mental health issues, and most increase the earlier you start using and the more frequently you use. That said, there are risks associated with literally anything you put in your body. Eat too much sugar, and you're on the fast track to rotting teeth and diabetes. Taking too much salt, and you're looking at increased odds of a stroke. Psychoactive substances, such as marijuana and alcohol, aren't at all unique for having risks associated with them. What is unique is how these substances are treated under the law, and particularly the way in which alcohol and nicotine essentially get a free pass under the Controlled Substances Act, the cornerstone of the nation's drug policy. This study's authors note that the legislative calcifications of psychoactive drugs Drugs often lack scientific basis, and their findings are a confirmation of that step, Given the relative risks associated with marijuana and alcohol, the authors recommend risk management prioritization towards alcohol and tobacco rather than illicit drugs, and they say that when it comes to marijuana, the low amounts of risk associated with the drugs suggest a strict legal regulatory approach rather than the current prohibition approach. In other words, individuals and organizations up in arms over marijuana legalization could have a greater effect on the health and well-being of the country by shifting their attention to alcohol and cigarettes. It takes extraordinary chispa to rail against the dangers of marijuana use by day, and they'll go home to unwind with a glass of far more lethal stuff in the evening.
1: There you go, folks. Mm-hmm. That's the way it is. Mm-hmm. We uh, just have a few minutes left. Yeah. But that's kind of the way it is. I mean, the Or the way it has
0: been anyway.
1: Uh, uh, I think they, it's beginning they, to change. But the thing is too is the use is so much incredible you know? uh, <coughs> well, I was gonna say this for to tomorrow night, but uh maybe a, no, this one I just want wanna read Malcolm X quotes, that brainy a brainy quote. Uh, Malcolm X, I think it's his birthday or something. Uh, The anniversary of his murder. Yeah. Yeah. He died, uh, he was born in 1925, died February 21st, 1965, was assassinated. He said, really, just a bunch of his quotes, great quotes that he made. The media, the most powerful entity on earth, they have the power to make the innocent guilty and to make the guilty innocent, and that's power, because they control the minds of the masses.
0: There is no better than adversity. Every defeat, every heartbreak, every loss contains its own seed, its own lesson on how to improve your performance the next time.
1: Nobody can give you freedom. Nobody can give you equality or justice or anything. If you're a man... You take
0: it. Education is the passport to the future, for tomorrow belongs to those who prepare for it today. Be peaceful, be courteous, obey the law, respect everyone, but if someone puts his hand on you, send him to the <laughs>
1: I'm for truth, no matter who tells it. I'm for justice, no matter who it's for or against.
0: A man who stands for nothing will fall for anything. That's, a good,
1: that's true. I believe in the future belongs to the Yeah. I believe in the brotherhood of man, all men, but I don't believe in brotherhood with anybody who doesn't want brotherhood with me. I believe in treating people right, but I'm not going to waste my time trying to treat somebody right who doesn't know how to return the treatment. If
0: you're not ready to die for it, put the word freedom out of your vocabulary.
1: Hmm. I have more respect for a man who lets me know where he stands, even if he's wrong, than the one who comes up like an angel and is nothing but a devil.
0: Huh. If you have no critics, you'll likely have no success. Well, at least
1: that's oh, boy, the truth. That's true. If I am for violence.
0: I am for um, violence if nonviolence means we continue postponing a solution to the American black man's problem just to avoid violence.
1: Huh. And that's
0: mean? probably why he was killed. That's right why there, he was that statement. The real
1: names of our people were destroyed during slavery. The last name of my forefathers was taken from them when they were brought to America and made slaves. And then the name of the slave master was given, which we refuse. We reject the name today and refuse it. I never acknowledged it whatsoever. That's
0: why he smoked this. Yeah. And, uh, America needs to understand Islam because this is the one religion that erases from a society the race problem. Throughout my travels in the Muslim world, I have met, talked to, and even eaten with people who in America would have been considered white by the white attitudes had been removed from their minds by the religion of Islam. That's interesting. And it's now uh, 9 o'clock,
1: all right? And we want to thank everybody who joined us, and uh hope that you join us next week. Oh no, next week
0: tomorrow, I'm sorry. Tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow, yeah. Today's uh-huh. only Tuesday. Today's
0: only Tuesday. Yep. Uh, so good night uh, folks. Enjoy yeah. the rest of your evening. Good
1: night everybody. Well, maybe we should maybe we'll have uh, Larry Torin joining us tomorrow. I maybe if he yeah. Uh, if he's available. He said he would. So we'll see. we'll look forward to that. Yeah. So uh, talk to you tomorrow folks. Good night folks.